for The Rock Play, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today Chris Hampton is back to talk climbing. You can find Chris over at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can hear him on podcasts like Written in Stone and the Power Company Climbing Podcast and Breaking Beta. Is Breaking Beta going right now? Uh, it's not. We're, uh, okay, we're never in between mind. seasons. <laughs> It'll be back. So you're pretty much like you're the epicenter for climbing audio is what was I'm what was what to be. exactly. So we're gonna hit on a, a question I hit uh, Chris with about a week or two ago about how much we actually like the sports we do. But then we're mostly gonna be talking about Arctic Ascent, National Geographic's new show on Disney Plus, starring Alex Honnold. But first things first, Chris, welcome back to the show, man. It's good to see you again. Thanks, man. I'm I'm psyched to be here. You're you're good at catching me in the windows between illnesses right now. So. We've got to be um, getting close to the end. Right? We're well. February. We're pushing March, right? Spring is around the corner. I am hopeful. Yeah. We just I just got done recording with Patty. That episode's coming out tomorrow on Wednesday, which is the 21st. You and I, are, this is going to come out next week. So I do like going from the winter guy to the, you know, the rock, the more, the someone who values warm weather, maybe a little bit more than, uh, than Patty <laughs> yeah, O'Connell totally. does. We've seen Patty <laughs> climb now. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> We'll it was a beautiful it sight. It was. It was a sight. It was. <laughs> did you watch that episode? <laughs> Sorry, Patty. Yeah, I did. He did a great job. <clears throat> it was great. I love that guy. Anyway, man, to kick things off. So I texted you like a week ago and I was reading your mm-hmm. newsletter and listening to your pod and noticed something that kind of made me reflect on all of our outdoor adventure sports because they all have this sort of wing of optimization and performance. Hausman talks about this a lot. He he loathes this part of like kind of the outdoor community, you know, the pushing totally. to be better and doing everything as po- good as possible to be, you know, improve your performance. I've definitely participated that on the endurance side between trail running and multi-sport, uh, mountain biking, those kinds of things. It's clearly a part of what you do as a climbing coach. But then when you step back and look at it, I feel like it begs the question, like, are you trading the joy of why you started this in the first place? So I texted you and just said, hey, man, do you even like climbing anymore? (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's a good question. Yeah. So what what did Uh, you come up with? Well, I think, no, I don't like climbing. I love climbing. That's the Oh, man. You should have paused a second there. You should have, like, just said no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like it anymore. (laughs) And... I think what this comes down to is I didn't get into climbing for the sake of the outdoors. That came later. Mm. Um, the thing that hooked me was the the problem solving and the the challenge and this ability of climbing to like fade everything outside of the problem in front of you into the background, mm. you know, or away entirely. Like that that was what hooked me on climbing. So the like yes, I love moving over stone, you know, um, and I like the, the being in the outdoor, like grand cathedrals, but that came later that came as a byproduct of climbing. So I think I'm actually being true to my initial hook of it. And I think as we improve, we get to do the cooler things, Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that in like an elitist gatekeepy kind of way. I'm just saying when you look at the the most impressive chunks of rock they're nearly always the the blankest or the steepest um and those are the ones you want to climb and it's harder and you need to be better so 
we've talked about this before when it comes to like, you know, the, the, the indoor versus outdoor climbing. And I know you've done some podcasts recently about, you know, what, what you can learn indoors to take outdoors and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting point about when you kind of look at the sports and how this is probably the one of all kind of the human powered outdoor adventure sports where you, you really can have it be an entirely indoor f- focused activity for you the entire time you do it, but then how it can translate into going into the outdoors. And the reason why you might start indoors, like I definitely started rock climbing in a gym because I was doing outdoorsy things and it felt like, oh, this is a way to try this and practice this. But really, of course you would do this because you're going to go do it outside eventually, right? That just seemed to be the natural connective tissue there. But then to kind of hear you describe it as like, now it's the movement and the strength and the conditioning that you were attracted to first before even thinking like, oh, you can go do this outside on natural faces. That's a really interesting uh, kind of way to look at it. Yeah, it was just, just they're like physical puzzles, you know, and you have to, you have to not only be um, well-versed enough in the like movement side of it to figure out the puzzle, but you also have to be strong enough and powerful enough to, to put the pieces together. And for me, the combination of those two things results in, doing moves and doing climbs that, that I find really, um, that bring me joy. That's, that's what they do. And that's exactly what we want to take into our main topic today, because whether or not you like climbing, uh, or you love climbing or whatever it is, but a lot of these lessons were, I think applied, you know, kind of what way you're describing the activity itself in the new show that we saw on Disney plus called Arctic ascent. So earlier this month, the show was released on Disney plus it's a three episode limited series marketed on the back of Alex Arnold's involvement. Uh, the series chronicles Arnold and a team of other climbers that include Mikey Schaefer and Hazel Finley, as well as a climate scientist and a couple of other guides as they go on a journey across Greenland in an attempt to collect climate change, relevant data, and also put up first ascents on a couple of big walls. And that sounds like a lot, for three 45 minute episodes because the show is a lot also maybe not enough in some ways. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you and I both watched all three episodes but before we get into our thoughts on the show, I, I, how do you approach sort of the climbing media in particularly TV or film? Is it, is there kind of in your mind, is there a right way or a wrong way to kind of bring a t- attention to the sport? Well, first let me start by saying if you love something, I think it's your duty to interrogate and criticize it. <laughs> and ask more from it, you know? Are you um, talking about your love of TV and film or your love of climbing? Uh, definitely climbing <laughs> here. Uh, and TV and film, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I approach it with very low expectations. That's how I approach yeah. Yeah. Uh, film and TV about climbing. And I don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong way. I'm just a little wary of trying to combine entertainment and education all in one package. I think it's possible. And when it works, it's magic, you know, like, but though, but it's such a rare thing that it works. It's far more common that the story falls short somewhere. Uh And I think the only way it does work, like the magic happens because of really good, high quality storytelling. And most of the time that's not there. I, I, I think that applies here. I think the one hundred percent. I think the, and and I don't. Look, I'm going to be pretty critical on a few things. It sounds like you might be as well. Uh, I, I've been critical about the climb uh, clearly on multiple episodes. I think with you as well. I, I think the thing that gets missing here, and I know this is probably a studio or a, a media entity decision, by by putting 
known climbers to the forefront of these things when really it should yeah. be the sport that's on display because yeah, you and I know who Chris Sharma is or or Alex Honnold is. And yeah, maybe more people know who Alex Honnold is now because of Free Solo. But the sport's engaging and it is and it is in these beautiful locations and it's not it's going to bring in the people like you or I who know them, but to most people it's, it's not going to do anything to kind of promote your show. So I think even leading yeah. with the the athlete is already kind of a, a mistake <laughs> um, about yeah. how these things got to get marketed. But I guess before we even get there, like, let's just start big picture. Like, what did you, what did you think of Arctic Ascent? Well, I think it fell short on both entertainment and education. Um, <laughs> and I found myself not wanting more entertainment, but wanting more education. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, when I go into a documentary sort of experience, I'm there to be to like ask critical questions and hope I get answers throughout. Right. Um, it's different when you're going into like a film, um, you know, like cliffhanger. If I'm going into cliffhanger, I'm suspending my disbelief. Right. And I'm there for the entertainment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but in this case, I, I was looking to learn some things and, and I wanted to see climbing documented and see how it was aiding in this like climate change quest uh, or quest for data about climate change. And, and I just don't think I got that connection. I, I never saw it. Look, it seemed like two little mini documentaries, both undercooked. That, that's probably the best way to put, put it. And just before I go any further, like we're going to be spoiling it. We're going to be talking about specifics. So if you really want to watch Arctic Ascent without knowing anything about it, like you know, maybe come back to this episode. I, I think you're spot on. This easily could have been two separate series or one individual documentaries. The two didn't really support each other or fit together naturally yeah. as a pairing. Because so the, again, to kind of get into it. So you have Alex and, uh, and this crew of climbers who are in Greenland. And they want to kind of do some big wall climbing while they're also then supporting these climate scientists. And they tried really hard to kind of weave these stories together where you have, um, well, we couldn't be doing this climate research without these world-class climbers here to, right. you know, support us and rappel down into these, you know, caverns or, or whatever it was. And I, look, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to that in some of these instances. But even if there were, it wasn't enough to support over two hours of, of, of filmmaking and, and watching. Um, and that, and yeah. it kind of let everything just feel to your point, felt very undercooked, very half baked. You know, I think the, and then I think maybe the, maybe another place to kind of look at it here at the beginning too, is, you know, is Alex Honnold as sort of the, the focal point of the show. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> Alex Honnold has this sort of awkward energy, which kind of feeds why he's able to do all the, the solos that he does and everything. Right. I mean, it's like to put him mm -hmm. front and center is sort of like, he's the guy leading this and you know him from free solo and he's going to lead this group up in Greenland. It yeah. just really didn't work for me. Yeah. Kind of same. And, and I hadn't really looked at it through that lens, but I, I think you're right. Like I, I like Alex Honnold on totally. screen. Like, I think he's, he's a really interesting character to Agreed. watch and, and knowing Alex before he became a story to, or a, a superstar, like, I think he's done a really amazing job of being able to be in front of a camera and let his personality shine through. You know, I, yeah. I didn't expect that from him at all. He was so shy and awkward and strange, um, but he's done a really amazing job. And I think he's this really compelling 
character, but it wasn't Alex Honnold goes climbing. You know, right. this was supposed to be a documentary about climbers helping with climate change science and and the intersection between the two. And that's where it threw me off. Like if it had just been Alex Honnold goes climbing in the cold, you know, that's a different show. And maybe I still watch it and maybe it feels better to me just watching him go climbing. I don't know. No, I, you're spot on because you're absolutely right. Like I don't want anything to make anything I'm saying to come off as like I'm critical of Alex. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think he is. I love all the little things we learned about him in Free Solo and kind of seeing him on, you know, mm-hmm. the way he approaches things and his mindset and his pragmatism and all that stuff, I think is really it lines up so perfectly with the sport that he does and how he approaches it and everything. Mm-hmm. But when it's like he's his narration and like he's the team leader. Uh, um, and making these decisions, it didn't really work. And I, and I agree with you too. Like, you know, a half hour um, show or or a documentary on YouTube about this crew trying to climb this four thousand foot face in Greenland. Oh, that'd been interesting. I, I'd I would have sat down probably yeah. and cued cl- that up. Mm-hmm. But then the kind of then weave that in, and then you have these really awkward moments where you know that we have to cut back to the climate clim- climate scientists who are doing equally interesting things. But it just it, there was just no synergy between the two stories. Yeah, there there was one moment that I I thought was really great between the two where Alex it's in episode two Alex mm-hmm. comes out and helps dig the holes side by side. That was the I best thought part. that that moment was really great. Yeah, but that could have been anybody. It didn't need to be Alex Honnold. You know, it could have just been whoever the expedition leader was. And right. And that, you know, that brings up its own problem. Alex Honnold as an expedition leader, um, I, I don't want him leading my expedition, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I've been doing research for an episode of Written in Stone, and I read a passage of someone saying um, about a specific climb, the mm-hmm. post before had said, you need these nine inch cams. These are protection devices you need for a crack that, that aren't very common. They're really big. And the person below said, well, we just did it. And instead of nine inch cams, we brought Alex Honnold. And all that means is that he was this really valuable tool for the, for the ascent, for the expedition. And he is that, I mean, he's going to be that on any expedition, but should he be the one making decisions uh, for everybody else? I'm not so sure. His like risk assessment and his his idea of what's dangerous is so different than everyone else's that it makes it problematic. And we and we do get to see that in the in the documentary. We do, and I think that's also why it didn't it didn't he didn't work for me as sort of the the face of the show. And then also to your point, as like why would I trust <laughs> this guy to be sort of leading the group? Yeah. You know, I think and we and we get to that point. And look, I don't know how much was maybe played up for. Dr- drama in the show yeah, like, and yeah. sure that some of that is happening but sure. i'm just sitting there doing nothing but agreeing agreeing with mikey schaefer who i feel is completely underplayed 100%. in this whole thing and, and is there yeah. like one of the most accomplished guys in the world in terms of big wall climbing is mikey schaefer and he's right there and it's yeah. why you know listen if you want to play off the back of free solo and market it around alex honnold i i get that if i'm in charge of the national geographic studio i'm probably saying we need to do that too yeah but why can't mikey or <laughs> lead your leader he's the team leader this makes so much more sense yeah it actually have you watched uh the last tapui it's another nat geo film um that is alex honnold 
taking a scientist into the like Amazon rainforest and there this guy's been studying in the rainforest forever but the expedition is led by a different climber Mark Sanat. Okay. And yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure how you pronounce his last name. I think I've that's only correct. ever seen it in print. Um but Mark is the clear leader of the expedition and Honold is like there because he's a good tool to have on the expedition, you know? Right, right. And and that doc actually works really well. It's it's really entertaining. I watched yeah. it immediately after Arctic Ascent because I hadn't seen it and it popped up on my, you know, Disney Plus dashboard. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch that too. Uh, and it's a it's what Arctic Ascent wanted to be. Yeah. But the warm, rainy version and done way better. So we did kind of we kind of and I think we both have a lot of criticisms of the show. Uh, well, let's start. Let's try to get positive for a second. Like what what worked for you? Like what was when you're watching it? What like, you know, what, what were the things that re- you really enjoyed? Number one, I thought the the main climate scientist, mm-hmm. um, she was. Yeah. Heidi was fantastic. Um I liked her a lot. I like the, I like the scenes where she shows really clearly what she's looking for and looking at, and mm-hmm. and and she has as much wonder and awe about her as a first timer in these landscapes. You know, I thought that was really cool to see a scientist with that level of like appreciation of what's going on out here, um, and. And I did like the the interaction between Alex and Mikey and Hazel and getting to like see the discussion that happened when Mikey was like, nope, this is too dangerous. Uh, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked being able to see that discussion. And there was a moment of Alex showing some real leadership where he was like really taking in what Hazel was saying and, and trying to understand it. And I I appreciated those moments. Other than that, I think the, you know, the landscape is beautiful, but I was totally disappointed by the story. So, so I got taken out of the things I really liked about it. I agree. Yeah. Heidi was definitely the, 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 the biggest highlight, um, I have questions about why the whole team was on the pool wall, which is the first wall they climbed uh, to get to where they need to go, (laughs) which we can talk about in a second, but I did enjoy her journey on that, having never climbed a big wall before and kind of her seeing, kind of entering, being uncomfortable with that and seeing like, here's a really interesting person, but you can put in the situation and then, you know, the positive response to that. It's kind of over a little too quickly. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. 1500 wall climb and she's Jumaring up that rope and then it's over. But yeah. at the same time, that, that worked for me. Um, yeah, I just, it just, it felt like there was a propulsiveness that kind of kept it going that I, that I was able to kind of make it to the end. I th- however, though, if there had been another episode, I, I think I probably would have texted you and being like, eh, never mind. <laughs> I don't think we need to do this anymore. It just yeah. it was so, it was very thin on, on the, uh, on the yeah. overall story. It is, it just did a disservice. I think the, the other thing on the, on the climate piece of it is, you know, almost like no, so what, like, why are we here? Like, it just sort of like at the mm-hmm. end, they're kind of the big conclusion was like, Hey, the glacier's healthy. We're in, we're in, we're in good shape now. That I was sort of like, <laughs> Uh, did they hire the wrong editing team to do this? Like, are they on the wrong side of this debate? <laughs> yeah, well, I, um, I wrote our outline. It's like, you know, there's morons out there who are going to see that and like use it against climate, you know, p- climate yeah. change activists. Like, well, they said Absolutely. the woman over there said it's fine. You know, like, oh, uh, guys. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if you're going to construct a story, like uh, if you're going to push your narrative in one direction or the other, 
yeah. push it all the way. Right. <laughs> right. And that didn't happen. Um, it, on one hand, it's like heartening a little bit, you know, heartwarming to see that this glacier is doing fine. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, so you didn't need to be here at all? Right. <laughs> like everything's fine. You know, let's let's burn some more fossil fuels. Why not? Well, yeah, I mean, the third episode, it just becomes about the climb for the most part. And every once in a while, they yeah. cut back to Heidi and, and, you know, the other guy that's with her. And they're like, hey, wow, look at that glacier. Well, we're going to set up yeah. a time-lapse camera. And then it's like, meanwhile, back yeah. on the wall, which which was the which is the thing we know you came for, right? Right, um, right. How does that – do you feel that as, a, a, as someone really into the climbing community? Like, how – is there any lingering effects from something like the way that's portrayed, like this sort of that's so well demonstrated how 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 loose everything was in that wall? To your point, like it was not safe climbing conditions. They're constantly dodging rocks. Honnold does take a stone off his nose at one point. I yeah. mean, I know it wasn't like I'm sure that's probably reasonably uh, that happens regularly. But is that a does that portray the climbing world in a negative way? Do you feel like is there any lasting implications from that? I think that it. I think it portrays a really small piece of the climbing world mm-hmm. in a relatively accurate way, mm. but it's such a small piece. Um, no one else is ever going to go climb that route. You know, it was good point. It was chossy. It doesn't. I mean, the only interesting thing about it is it's a giant unclimbed wall. Now that it's been climbed, knowing that the rock is bad. Knowing the problems with it, nobody else is ever going right. there. You know? Right. Um, meanwhile, there are beautiful climbs with really solid rock, you know, like Freerider, which Alex climbs in Free Solo. And you don't have rocks falling off all the time. It's not super <laughs> dangerous. It's it's a much safer thing. And they, I guess they don't point that out. And maybe that's the, the problem I have with it is it's this documentary portraying rock climbing in a, a very specific way, a very small chunk of what climbing is about. And they never make the point of saying, or at least I don't remember it. Maybe they did say climbing's not like this most of the time, you know? Right. This is because we're on this Arctic expedition out in the middle of nowhere. And there's a reason no one else has been here before, you know? Yeah, I guess that just comes back to me. Same, the same thing. Like you just you missed the opportunity. Like you didn't. It wasn't enough of a climate change kind of documentary, which I also kind of like. Can we can we move on from just like pointing out the observations? Like, can we get into the solutions right. about these kinds of things right. too? I, I wrote right. in our outline. It's been almost twenty years since an inconvenient truth. Like, yes, we we know the problems. You know, mm-hmm. more of like we're going to observe the problems. It's like I, I'm not saying what they were doing isn't good work. They, I'm assuming they should be doing those things. But in terms of something that's going to be consumed by the general public, I think you need a little more of a so what attached to it at this point for climate change. Yeah. And then on the climbing front, yeah, just I don't know. I, 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 I'm definitely not. I'm not you when it comes to the, my climbing knowledge, but I'm also not a beginner, and. I had a lot more questions that I feel like I should have coming out of this. Like, wait, why are you doing it that way? Like, what is this? Like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of questions too. And <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, I think for me, I walked away feeling like if this had been a climate documentary, maybe I wouldn't even have watched it, but it would have been better. Yeah. Right. So, Maybe having the Alex Honnold and the climbing component pulled more people in yeah. to watch it. I, I think I just wish they had used used him just to pull people in and then made the story all about the 
climate change stuff. You know, he obviously cares about this stuff. You know, his 100%. foundation does great yeah. work. Yeah. But, but this didn't really show that. The last question I have, too, is... And, and I am curious about this. And if this ever gets to anybody who knows, I would love to hear it. Send an email to myrockfight at gmail.com because <laughs> they climb the pool wall, which is this 1,500 yeah. foot face. And it's presented that they need to do this because it's the only way to get up to this ice cap. Now, meanwhile, when they pull back in the wide shots, you see this sort of like, it looks like a glacier going uphill next to the wall that you could conceivably yeah. skin or hike up. I, maybe it's okay, let's say it's there's too many crevasses, it's too dangerous. It's like the Kumbu Ice Fall, we're not going to go that way. Fine, you got to go up and over the wall. So they do that, which I, I wonder, like, you're taking people who've never rock climbed, right? This is, right. like, they're not, they're not even, they're not rock climbers, and you're going to, like, make them go 1,500 feet up. That's scary, but you do that. Then you leave all your shit on the top of the wall, mm-hmm. and your support team's going to p- come pick it up. Now, does that mean that the support team's going to come in and climb the wall also? Is the support team going to go up that glacier? Or does it mean that that support team is going to fly in on a helicopter right. and pick it up? And if it's that, well, what are we doing now? Because you're making a climate change documentary. Meanwhile, you're going on an adventure and having somebody in a helicopter pick up your mess after you. So that yeah. is one thing I would like to, I am very curious about. Yeah, that part confused me quite a bit because they get to the top of this thing and then they they ski off of it, you know, (laughs) slow skiing, pulling a sled. Yeah. So it can't be that hard to just reverse those tracks back up to the top. Yeah. And when they ski off of it and they get to the end of this glacier, their support team is right there in a boat. (laughs) So did you really need to climb the pool wall to get there? It doesn't appear so unless these guys climbed the pool wall with a boat. Which I don't think they did. Well, and I guess it's back to the beginning question. Like, what do you want out of your media? Because, like, it is a, that's a hard thing to know. It's one thing to say, oh, we made Madam Web and it didn't work, you know, and it just cost a studio money. This is, hey, we're going to go to Greenland, right? Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, you probably feel like, well, we're going to climb an unclimbed 4,000-foot wall. Of course there's a, there's a story there. Uh, and you, to your point, you don't know what you don't know. And then ultimately it's over to Nat Geo to put the pieces together. Cause yeah, these are just athletes, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and Alex has found himself in a position where he is the face of climbing. So of course mm-hmm. you're going to put him front and center. Uh, I, I found, I didn't know much about Hazel other than what to seeing things on social media. So I thought she was very interesting. I, I liked learning about Hazel in this, so that mm-hmm. she seemed like incredibly competent and affable and somebody you'd want to be stuck on a wall with right absolutely um, yeah and if if i'm putting together a, a team i want hazel on that team every single time totally and and mikey too probably you know yeah. and in fact i mean alex is i mean i i like the team good team um, yeah yeah I, i'm just not a fan of the the way the story was told yeah that's unfortunate and that's what i want from the media colin like I want better storytelling. I think we're stuck in this era of like the information is enough, you know, or even pieces of the information is enough. Yeah. And we've lost this because there's such a proliferation of information out there. You, you get to know the things as they're happening. Yeah. Um, you can, you can read an article about it, you know, live as it's happening. So we've stopped the actual storytelling you know, with, with my podcast written in stone, I've had several people say, why don't you reach out to the, the people who you're telling the stories about? And I'm like, oh, I have. I'm, I'm getting information from them. I just don't want their voice in the podcast. Yeah. I want to tell the story. 
I don't want to relay the information. Sure. Um, and that's what we do. That's, that's what people do. And, and that, that's what this felt like. It felt more like relaying the information and maybe trying to tell a little bit of a story, but the story just didn't work. No, and I think this will be a perpetually a, a problem for adventure sports, right? Because I think, you know, the climb, kind of the same thing. The, the interesting story there was this incredible, was, was for me, the camaraderie among the yeah, climbers, absolutely. right? Yeah. It's 10 people competing against each other, but also showing like, Rooting for each other, pulling for each other, hugging each other, really getting yeah. engaged with each other's lives and the diversity within that group as well to show mm-hmm. that it's not just skinny white guys running this world, all those things. Yeah. But then you get mixed in with Jason Momoa wants to talk about, you know, have Chris Sharma front and center. And also, by the way, I don't fault those guys. And if I'm a studio who doesn't know anything yeah. about rock yeah, yeah, climbing, yeah. I got Jason Momoa and Momoa's telling me that this is like one of the best climbers of the last 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Put them front and center. That's an easy decision to make, but it didn't work. And I think same thing here. It's like you, free solo is a one of one. That is never going to happen again yeah. a, a, on film anyway. Maybe somebody will repeat the feat. But, I mean, you can't – don't try and recreate free solo. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's Absolutely. with the guy who was in free solo, right? And I think yeah. that's where it got lost here too. If, if you want to have – Here's an, here's here's a the guy from Free Soul going on another adventure. Great. If it's a here's the climate change episode, uh, thing, great. But it just didn't quite mesh together. So, you know, kudos to them for trying to to tell this more important story. Yeah, I just don't think it happened. And uh, I'm going to give you some homework is okay. to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a palate cleanser? Tapui. What do you got? I think you you have to watch the last Tapui. It was. Right. It's the better version of this. Any other climbing uh, thing for the audience? Anything they should watch? It's like a good, good, a uh, good, good representation of the sport that you feel like is engaging with someone who's maybe not on the inside of the climbing world. Oh, definitely cliffhanger! <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go! If we just want entertainment, absolutely watch cliffhanger. Well, we can wrap it up there. What is happening in the Written Stone Power Company climbing universe these days? What's what's coming up? Yeah, I think, well, right now at Power Company, we're spending a few months really exploring uh, movement and skill acquisition, trying to examine it from every possible angle, you know, because we don't like climbing at all and we want to get better (laughs) at it. it. And And we love it. Yes. And I'm trying, this is basically me doing my like doctorate in movement acquisition, skills acquisition in public. You're a baseball guy on this week. That was cool. Yeah, Boston Red Sox skill acquisition expert. Uh, I've spent some time learning from him, Rob Gray, and he's really fantastic. So, um, and there'll be more of that sort of thing. And then at Written in Stone, uh, we we just examined one of the biggest controversies in climbing in the 90s and looked at it sort of through the lens of how it relates to us as a community and what we, what we get wrong. Mm-hmm. And then... Our next episode is looking at Freerider, which was the the route Alex Honnold free soloed. And um, that is also going to be another examination of like these, the things we do as a community that may not be serving us as well as we think they are. All right. Well, before you head out on the next podcast, please make sure you subscribe to The Rock Fight by hitting that follow button wherever you're listening to us. That's the single best way to support the show. We'll be back later this week with more ideas that aim for the head. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. Chris Hampton, I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is the man, the myth, the legend. It's Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight, Rock Fight.